Friends, today we celebrate Easter together and we come to the Easter story. Now, I know that you have heard it before and it's got sort of like Christmas to some degree. We come and read the Christmas story from Luke every year and you already know what we're about to read. The good news is, is that we have four gospels that all talk about the resurrection of Jesus. So maybe, just maybe this morning, the one we have chosen from Luke might be a little different than what you are used to. But even if it's not, My prayer is that God will open it up for us, that we might come and see. Before we jump into our scripture reading this morning, let us take a moment to bow before the Lord, asking for God's blessing upon the reading of his word for us. Let us pray together. Holy God, we give you thanks for your love and for your grace and for your good news in Jesus Christ who is alive. We have come today as your church to hear yet again this good news. So I pray that as we read your word this day, Lord, that you would open our eyes, that you would open our hearts, that you would open our hands to receive you. And in receiving you, Lord, that we would leave this place changed forever. That we might not just hear a nice story about what you've done for us, but that it might impact our lives in such a way that we might share that story too. We ask these things in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and let all of God's children joyfully say, Amen. Friends, our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 1. Hear now from God's holy word. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you why he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What kind of movies do you enjoy? Do you enjoy action and adventure films? Or rom-coms, also known as romantic comedies, dramas, horror, science fiction, documentaries, or maybe thrillers. 
Do you enjoy predictable films, or do you prefer the ones that flip the script and leave you in shock? I've always been intrigued by movies that have plot twists in them. You know what I'm talking about. Right when you think you've figured it out, something unexpected happens, and it totally changes the anticipated outcome. Movies like Primal Fear or Arlington Road or Coco or Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back or even The Shawshank Redemption are just a few that have surprise endings in them. And if I'm being honest with you, of all the movies that I have seen, probably the one that I have enjoyed the most is The Sixth Sense. And I will not spoil it today for you if you have not watched it. But there is a surprise at the end. I find that predictability can be boring at times. In fact, most of the movies that we watch are very predictable. We know what to expect before we ever watch it play out. And sometimes days like Christmas and Easter can be the same way, can't they? We've read the script, we've seen the movies or the television shows, and we know how the story ends In some ways, it can lessen the drama of what we've come to remember and hear. But I've got some news for you today, church. Easter is anything but predictable. In fact, Jesus is often unpredictable. If you read the full script of the gospel stories, you will find nothing predictable about them. In fact, if you were to sum up Jesus' life and ministry with one simple phrase, it might be, expect the unexpected. Isn't this a true statement? Think about it for just a moment. Jesus' birth in and of itself is quite controversial. He's born to two teenage peasant people who haven't even gotten married yet. The Son of God is not born into royalty. He's born and laid in a manger bed while his father is on a business trip. No one expected his birth, maybe except for his parents, but they didn't even have a choice in being a part of this story. Yet God announces the good news of his birth through angels who tell shepherds where to find this baby. And Matthew tells us that pagan astrologers, known as wise men, traveled all the way from Persia to find him by following his star, And they shouldn't have known anything about him in the first place. But these Gentile foreigners, they show up in Jerusalem, the center of the Jewish faith, asking where the king of the Jews has been born to Herod, who happens to be the actual king of the Jews at that time. And so his birth there in the very beginning, it sparks controversy, a threatening fear in the back of Herod's mind. So he orders men to slaughter all the male babies born under two years old in Bethlehem in order to try to stop him from taking his throne. This forces Jesus and his parents to flee to Egypt until Herod had died. You see, this script already is filled with drama and action and horror. And Jesus hasn't even grown up yet. As Jesus grows older, we find the only childhood story of him at the temple in Jerusalem. 
It's as if the home alone script was stolen from Luke's account of Jesus accidentally being left at the temple as his parents and extended family traveled back home. Of course, Jesus didn't have to fend off thieves at the Lord's house until the end of his ministry when he overturns the tables of the money changers and those selling animal sacrifices. Jesus' life and ministry is a movie, one with multiple plot twists that always leaves his disciples and even those who oppose him in awe, scratching their heads as they try to figure out what he's teaching and what he's doing. For example, Jesus' teaching to the crowds on the mountain, as we know the Sermon on the Mount, is not expected. He tells them, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, and blessed are those who are persecuted. What? Surely he meant to say, blessed are the well-to-do, and those who are always happy, and those who are well-liked by all, but he doesn't. You see, Jesus always turns expected things upside down. He reminds them of the laws of God saying, You have heard that it was said, but I say to you, offering a new understanding and raising the bar of righteous living. He teaches parables, stories about the kingdom of God that not only shock his audience, but often make them angry. So the last will be first, and the first shall be last, says Jesus, as he ends a parable about hiring the unemployed at different times of the day, and then at the end of the day, paying everyone the exact same wage. He teaches about a good Samaritan, which would have been met with complete angst. Most Jews would have never considered a Samaritan to do the right thing above a law-abiding Jew. He teaches about a shepherd who leaves the whole flock behind, leaving them in danger and exposed as he sets out to find one sheep who intentionally wandered away. Jesus knows that would never really happen, right? Most would say, count your blessings and cut your losses, but not Jesus. Expect the unexpected. He tells another parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector praying in the temple together. The tax collector, he says, is justified before God, not the Pharisee, because he's humble. This online scammer of sorts is more righteous than the perfect attendance churchgoer. Jesus is constantly telling stories with plot twists, changing the script of what would be expected. And then if that's not enough, Jesus goes out and he eats with sinners and prostitutes and tax collectors, which drives the religious folks absolutely crazy. He appears to be a lawbreaker, healing people on the Sabbath day, nor does he participate in the ritual hand-washing before he eats. And he touches a leper who is considered unclean, and yet he doesn't get leprosy. Jesus is so unpredictable, and he refuses to stay in his lane. But he also does the miraculous. Healing the sick and casting out demons, calming a storm, feeding 5,000 people with very little to work with. And he even raises a dead girl and one of his best friends, Lazarus, from the dead. 
expect the unexpected from Jesus. But his closest disciples, they thought they had him figured out. Palm Sunday, you know, a week from today, was the moment when Jesus would ride into Jerusalem. He would take his rightful place as king of the Jews. They were ready for him to oust Rome and reform the corruption of the Jewish leadership. At least that's what they expected. But once again, Jesus surprises them as he eats his last Passover meal with them and speaks of his own body and blood being shed for them. They still don't understand, and they will be shocked when he's arrested taken away from them when he's mocked and he's beaten and eventually nailed to a cross to die. Just like Clint Eastwood in the movie Grand Torino, Jesus will give his own life to save the lives of others. But this leaves his closest disciples devastated. They can't believe what has happened, and now they fear for their own lives And Jesus isn't given a proper burial because the Sabbath day is fast approaching. Oh, how they wish this movie had a happy ending. But it's left them with emptiness and a deep, deep sadness. And while they mourn, those who wanted him dead rejoice that he's no longer stirring up trouble among them. It's midnight, and Jesus' Cinderella story is over. Or is it? Expect the unexpected. Early Sunday morning, the women took the spices they had prepared for his burial and they went to the tomb. They expected to see a stone rolled in front of the tomb's entrance, but it wasn't. They expected to find his lifeless body wrapped in bloodstained linens but they didn't. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember? Remember how he told you why he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. The women were shocked that Jesus is not there, not to mention that out of nowhere, two men show up unexpectedly and they announce that he's not dead but alive. These messengers of God, these angels declare that he has risen or that he's been raised. And if you read the gospel stories, you will find that none of the gospel writers mince their words about Jesus' resurrection. No one says, we think he's alive, or it's possible that he's risen. Instead, they declare with the utmost confidence, he is risen. He's alive. It's a crazy plot twist. Totally unexpected. Or is it? Notice that the angels tell the women to remember what Jesus said to them in Galilee. You know, you can't remember something that you've never experienced or been told before. 
Clearly, these women were with Jesus, sharing in his ministry, along with the twelve, and the angels have come to help them remember what Jesus has already shared with them. In fact, not just once, but twice. He didn't say that he was going to be crucified, but he did say that the Son of Man would be killed and on the third day be raised again. And in this moment of remembrance, their minds are opened fully to understand what Jesus had said and meant. The cross, you see, was not an accident. It wasn't the result of Jesus' poor planning or the power of evil triumphant over God. No, it was God's plan all along. And I have a feeling that in those moments of remembrance, there were other sayings of Jesus shared with them that probably spoke to their hearts too. Such as, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down take it up again. Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe You see, while they haven't seen Jesus yet with their own eyes, their hearts already know that he is not dead. And their mourning is transformed into awe, their fear transformed into faith, and their faith leads them back to the other disciples to tell them what they've seen, heard, and experienced. But it's met with skepticism. In fact, the disciples, they think they're crazy. They think they're delusional. But Peter... Peter's curious, and he decides to check it out for himself, and when he does, he doesn't find Jesus, and he doesn't find angels, he only discovers the linens that once wrapped him in the tomb. And later that Easter day, the risen Jesus will show up and reveal himself. He'll walk seven miles with two of them to a place called Emmaus, And then he'll show up the very next day to visit with the others, eating with them and revealing the scriptures so that they also might fully understand. Expect the unexpected, right? Well, the unexpected changes everything for these frightened disciples. Turning their fear into joy, emboldening them to joyfully proclaim Jesus as the risen Messiah and Lord of all. You see, friends, today we come to worship the risen Christ, to hear the good news of Easter. And like a good movie, we come to watch it again, to hear and to see what we already know to be true. We know the ending, but we long to hear it again. We long to hear it again. But Jesus... Jesus always has an unexpected twist, doesn't he? You see, it's not enough to come and hear the story. 
the truth of what happened on that first Easter morning. It's not enough to dress in our Easter best or to actually make it through the whole sermon without thinking about lunch or looking at our watches. It's not enough to know the plot and all the actors involved thinking that the story is over and that we can now all go home happy and we can get back to normal tomorrow. I can assure you that Jesus is not interested in that. Expect the unexpected, right? Jesus, you see, he calls us into his story. Yes, we come to the empty tomb. We come to experience the risen Christ who died that we might live, but we cannot return home as if nothing has happened. No. You see, we are all actors in an ongoing movie that has not come to its final ending. And like the first disciples, we are tasked with being witnesses of what we've seen and heard and experienced. In fact, we are called to bear witness to the forgiveness and grace, to the mercy and love and the abundant life that Christ has given to each one of us. You see, when Jesus tells us that he's the resurrection and the life, and he asks us if we believe it, he's not asking for a passive faith. He is asking us to act upon it, to believe it with faith, but to actively share it with others. That's what the women did. They were not commanded to go and tell the rest of them. They did it because their faith led them to do it. And that's exactly what happened to the rest of the disciples eventually when they received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And friends, that's what you and I are called to do as well. For Easter, Easter is the surprise ending. It's a game changer. And it is the biggest surprise ending that creates new beginnings for each and every one of us. But we must allow the joy of Easter to move us away from the predictable habits of just smiling and taking photos in our nice clothes. Instead, we must become the actors in this unfolding drama in which we carry on the tradition of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in word and indeed in unexpected ways. It's true. It is true We do not seek the living among the dead. But we are called to seek the spiritually dead on behalf of the living Christ. So friends, may the joy of Easter, the gift of the Holy Spirit, lead us to do just that as we live into our roles in the greatest story ever told. Like the disciples who witnessed the risen Christ, may we tell others of the unexpected good news of the Son of God, our Savior, who left the glories of heaven to pursue sinners like us on earth. May we also share the good news of his death on the cross for us and the unexpected good news that on the third day he was raised again to life, bringing you and I resurrected life to life here and now and filling our hearts with hope of eternal life with him forever. Friends, Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. It is a game changer. It is good news.
It's our story. And God calls us to go and to live it out. Friends, may we do so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.